What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Rufus, back from another hiatus, another football season. I think some of the summer, too, honestly, at this point. I took time off just to kind of focus on working out. But obviously, special guest today, Rocco. We're not even... I, Rocco is the type of kid where you don't even need to introduce him with a last name. Like, you just say... You just know him as Rocco. Like, I wrote an article on Rocco and referring to him in, like, the last name professional is probably the way, one of the weirdest things that I've done. But... This is easily hands down best friend this semester. Uh, one of my favorite people at Dean uh, plays. A, he's a running back on the football team. Um, both of us played what about probably about a combined. I think how many you played two? I played four. About probably a combined. Combined, four com- games, combined six, games. six games and yeah, rough season for both of us. Injuries suck. Um, but hey, we do play the sport. We do have a pretty good understanding of the sport. As I've been over on this show before. Um, Rocco's gonna drop some knowledge on us in the, as well. Yes, sir. I uh, got some NFL. I think it's almost midseason, pretty much midseason awards is what we're calling it. Um, and then we'll do the weekend picks by game, which is something I'm gonna be doing weekly. Just weekend picks, which hopefully I do better than what I've been doing in my pool. Um, but yeah, we'll go over the whole weekly spread, awards, the Thursday night football results are recording during that game. Honestly, I don't find it worth watching any Thursday. I don't. Have you watched any Thursday night games this year? That you, or at I, least I watched all the Thursday night games that except tonight. Have well, I mean, all right. Have you watched any Thursday night games this year that you haven't regretted wasting, like okay. taking the time to watch? The problem with Thursday night games this year is the amount of times I feel like I've watched the Broncos play football, and I fucking despise watching the Broncos play football. <laughs> Is there's nothing good about the Broncos playing football aside from the fact that it gets funny and funnier every week. It's it's wildly depressing to watch the Broncos have to play professional football at this point because like all the stuff you see coming out um, has to do with Ru- Russell Wilson is is calling plays, uh, calling Seahawks plays. He's calling Seahawks audibles and his players around him don't know what he's saying. Like it's fucking crazy. It's like it's like trying to speak English to someone in a foreign country that doesn't speak English at all. That's a great so like great so one. so it's like going overseas. Let's like let's say right now you take I, like there's a lot of countries that actually speak a lot of good I English. Mean, let's talk about Germany since the my my books just be, be the Yeah, Seattle so you go or... over I mean like they speak decent English but like they let's do. say Ger- like they I'm trying do. to think like I don't know maybe Russia might be maybe that terrible example at this point but uh you know, I'll say any any of those countries overseas, and you go to this, you know, try to have a conversation in English with no Google Translate. Clearly, no one has any idea what you're saying. Like, they can figure it out now with technology, but minus the technology, you're gonna have no idea. So, quarterback speaking an entirely different language, who's supposed to be your number one communicator and the number one eyes and ears on the field. He's, he's your leader. He's every literally the entire team comes down to success. The quarterback, pretty much at the end of the day, and he's speaking an entirely different language in your entire organization. But but he does high knees on the plane. Hey, Who else does? High, uh, nobody else does high knees on the plane. So, like big, Russ Cook, baby, big big effort guy, big effort big, guy, big effort guy, lead by example. But it, again, if you big hand clapper. Yeah, now if you can't, if you can't communicate with your teammates and your players, especially as a quarterback, it'd be one thing if a deep tackle couldn't communicate. Defensive tackle can't communicate. Eh, eh, the end can't communicate. Eh, just get after the passer, mess some stuff up in the backfield. Like you still got to understand play calls, but like. Eh, you can, you can, even even if you're a running back, sometimes I mean I feel like you can like this. I mean like eh, offense is tough because you need to run routes and do stuff. But it's like even if you're running back and it's like I don't know, run straight, run outside. Like you can kind of break it down. Quarterback is like the number one position where you have to be able to communicate. Talk. You gotta talk. I it, mean, 
I feel like every position on the field, you got to talk. If you got someone else of your position with you, for yeah. example, a receiver needs to talk to his other receivers, an O line. They all got to communicate with one another. There's one running back on the field. He don't really got to come. He got to listen to the quarterback. Yeah. But then, the quarterback himself is communicating all to all the people on the fucking field. And so when Russ is out here talking about me, 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 I did high knees on the on the uh, the plane. Looks like the rest of the team's like, dude, nobody cares. Like, what are well, we like, doing? The, the thing is, it's like I don't know how. Like how like obviously the play calling from last year for you was different from the play calling this year. Like the same with me. Like our blitz packages and everything were totally different. Like, I'm trying to think of what we had. I don't even know if we had blitz packages last year, which is just pretty easy to understand why we didn't have any pressure in the quarterback last year and had a lot talking more about, pressure. Talking about Dean right now? Yeah, yeah, That's Dean. Right. Like specifically from like our perspective is to like obviously like if someone like we don't even like if if Darren was out there calling plays that Williams was calling under the under Keen system, everybody would be looking at this kid like what? What are we doing? What are we like they were just like it's not even like it's like oh yeah, I can kinda get what he's saying, like they associate it with a certain play. Literally clueless. Literally clueless. So this so this is where we're just with just Denver alone. But anyways, we'll get deeper into each team because I can't wait to pick games because there's some teams that I've been continuously picking week by week that have continuously screwed me. Mm. So I'm going to try and go the other way in those picks, and I'm probably going to get screwed again going against Because the second you get off a team, like for years for me, it's been like, like this year it's been Vegas. For whatever reason, I feel like Vegas is ready to break through. I'm going to be honest. I feel like if you asked any anybody who invest in betting consistently in uh, sports betting in particular this year the number one team to probably fuck people is vegas <laughs> Dude. like i've okay. ironically enough too by the way right because vegas controls everything yeah. except for the fact that they can't control themselves enough to win a football game yeah. so what's crazy about vegas isn't the fact that um they're terrible it's the fact that they were good last year, didn't lose anybody, had an interim head coach that did a phenomenal job, thought they would upgrade by going to Josh McDaniel, right? No. And then, I can't say I predicted that because quite honestly, I didn't. I figured he'd do at least a decent job. But, I didn't uh, think they would regress. I mean, I'm not, like, that's and it's the not even thing. regression. It's... it's polar opposite like you went from a phenomenal uh, a good team a team that made the playoffs with with a, uh, a play, you were a playoff they were a play football away, team they were a play away from being the Bengals who, who went to the Super Bowl went to the Super Bowl yeah. and then you switch head coaches get Devontae Adams who still looks like the best receiver in football you uh who they got one other big offseason acquisition I can't put my Oh, Chandler Jones. They signed Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones Thank you. So, so pairing him so, up with Max Crosby, who's Max Crosby. arguably one of the best, pa- like one of the best edge right. defenders in the league. And and you replace Chandler jo- uh, Chandler jo- or Chandler Jones replaces. Uh, he's playing on the Bucks now, and he's a good pass rusher himself. But Chandler Jones is a substantial upgrade. I can't think of his name. Uh, substantial upgrade, and you're terrible. You can't beat. They, they, Bad they've, teams. Lo- they've lost so many close games too, but they All just they just games. don't look interested in winning football games. But again, we'll we'll get in we'll get into it. That's like 
I mean, that kind of sounds like uh, <coughs> uh, Dean. 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 Kind of reminded me of Dean Let's a little bit right talking in. about Let's there. Let's get right into Dean. Um, like not. And I'm not. Like we're not throwing shade. It's just no. the reality. Like this is not throwing shade. We're not. We're not here to break balls or anything like that. Like this is strictly just based off of what. Like the this, the dep- we're in the depression phase at that point. Like it's the end of the season. Like, and we're still tired. And I mentally, it's just we just can't grasp because I've never seen a group of guys that were so. Close. We were so close to the team, and I think that was a lot different than last year's team, which was like the big reason as to why I was on the fence about coming back. And I love the fact that I stayed here because of how close everybody was and what, like, honestly, what it seemed like we were going to have. I mean, you weren't here in the spring, but it was it was electric, and it was really seemed like we were going to make some strides. And then we finish up one and nine, and it's just crushing. It's just crushing considering how close you were in a lot of these games. Like, you, everybody can go look up the box scores, like. We were never out of any games. Even the games we got... I would, say, I would say Castleton and MIT. But even then, those scores were still... I mean, we were out of them. We were, those, teams, those teams dominated us. They were, more, well, way ahead of us in preparation, way ahead of us in execution, and quite honestly, neither of them were better than us on, in terms of talent. And we've all... We've, we've said that every single week. But this we us. They executed and worked harder than us. And the result came out on the field. The talent didn't matter. And like we like we just said, comparing us to, to the Raiders, for example, right? Like, you have all the talent in the world. Uh, you look like you're making strides in the offseason. And then it doesn't go the way, the way you expect. And, like, what does that do to, like, the psychological uh, aspect State, yeah. of, of, of a human? And everybody's different, but... For you in particular, I know that shit was killing you all year. So if you want to... I mean, like, it hurt as a player. I mean, more than I've hurt for anything. Because I was physically... As we declined record-wise, physically I started to break down too. So I kind of felt it throughout camp. And then I felt like I had a conversation with Noah about it. Where I was like, dude, this is like... I remember I went to close the shower curtain. And like, yelped in pain. And like Owen Jalbert was in the bathroom, he's like brushing his teeth or whatever. He's like, "Dude, you good?" And I was like, "Yeah, no. yeah, man, yeah, man, I'm fine." Mm. And like I remember just looking at the bruises from like here to here in my body, and I was like, "You know, this is football." Just kind of accepted it for what it was, like knowing that like I was, just, I just want to make it through like the season. This is camp. I'm like, "Dude, this is gonna be tough." So just trying to go week by week, and then like I'm like, you know, you pick up some wins, your body, you know, you you can figure, you just figure ways to, to mentally overcome this stuff and you're putting so much in and then my body continued to deteriorate the record continued to deteriorate so I couldn't help but feel like it was partially my fault too but like obviously football is a huge team game and just it doesn't come down to one person but mentally for me it felt like it was like oh I'm underachieving my goals the team's underachieving I put like a lot of stock into my success from the team because I'm a D tackle like my tackle numbers my sack numbers they're whatever, but like the plays that are gonna be made are because I do my job against double teams because I'm filling my gap and other guys are making plays. So like if the team's not winning and not defending the run well, I take a bigger brunt of that because I think like I'm not doing my job. So it weighed on me like immensely, and then the injury on top of that, basically playing against MIT with one arm, like hacking up all kinds of stuff from the sidelines, dry heaving stuff coming out of me. Like it was like between my rib and my shoulder was just. A disaster, and it was just again the whole season was crushing. Cause I just felt like I never provided anything. I didn't. I was never on the field for a win. I mean, we only had one win, but like still, like I was never. I didn't provide any type of like assistance to winning, mm. in my opinion. Like 
So that's where it's just like, it just added motivation for me. Just getting healthy is the biggest thing. That's the thing we've talked about. I talk about the coaches, our meetings and stuff. It's just the plan set in front of me is just to get healthy. And then, you know, we build from there. And that's the biggest thing with Thanksgiving break and winter break. And once we're back from that, it's, it's go time. So that's where I stand with it. I mean, I, again, like I've talked about it at length with people with other interviews. I think I did one with the Dean Daly or Dean TV. Uh, shout out Ryan Bell for having me on for that. Like, what I think we can improve on. I just think that there's there's another level of intensity I think we can get to. I think our commitment to the weight room and just how we practice is going to be, you know, preparation is going to be our biggest thing. And I think that just comes to getting people healthy, getting numbers in here, and getting people who are willing to to work at, you know, all levels of the game into how we, you know, improve. But again, we weren't really out of any games either that's like the most heartbreaking thing is that how close we've been for so long without you know everybody looks at one and nine must think we're terrible but you look at all these games and who we've hung around with we never we just really there was two games where i think like you said mit and uh Kassim where we you know we really did lose but even then you look at those scores and block punt here turnover inside of a certain yard line here like you know, it's hard for, I mean, as a defensive player's perspective and how we played and how, like, points, I mean, at the end of the day, record, like, the record's the record. You know, we put people in bad spots, too, but, you know, it's just things never click. The one game where they really did click where it was Alfred, and it comes down to a walk-off play, and then again, Keystone comes down to a walk-off play, we didn't make it. So, yeah. it's it's un, it's unfortunate that I, it, like, that's how the cookie crumbles, but I still have complete confidence in us going forward and where we're going. But, again, for this year, just crushing, soul-crushing. I'm sure you feel the same because you mean injury and just having to watch it, you know? Yeah, well, the worst part about, like, being injured and uh, a tour, you see, like, is this the camera right I here? I think it's going to focus can, in. It'll probably I focus. I put the picture up there, too. Probably something like the that. Picture, but, yeah. Fucking tore my UCL on my thumb. And so I had a tough camp the first time in my life where – uh, the first camp of my life where I like wasn't confident in my ability, mostly because last year, same as him, he debated quitting because of our coaching staff or at the time and and other factors of course. Like, uh, I did quit. I just was like, all right, this isn't really for me no more. Uh, I need to go work. I need to go make money. New coaching staff. They talked to me, brought me in, and I could feel. And it wasn't just them, the players, my friends, good people around me. Shout out Noah, uh, shout out JJ. Those two guys was like, bro, you got to come back. Like, it's different. The vibe is different. I come back last second. I'm not in shape. And I'm like, I'm going to use camp to get in shape. That being said, I was definitely not confident in my ability during camp. As I was still confident because I'm a confident-ass person. I'm a cocky motherfucker. But that type of shit was humbling because it was the first time where I, I really wasn't where I needed to be and I knew it. And uh, I worked, 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 worked my ass off to just get on the field. And the first game I get on the field, special teams, I'm on kickoff. My unit, a coach, uh, uh, coach put a lot of stock in me being in that unit. He wanted me to like, he knew I took it serious and I was one of the main guys to take special teams serious and he trusted me a lot. So we had, uh, it was against Nichols, 71-55. Uh, uh, 72-71. We can get into that later. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I mean, you making plays out there. That's, we'll talk about you making plays. We ain't going to talk about that, uh, bro. So, regardless, Nichols scored 71, and it's fine. It happened. Which, by the way, if you don't know football that well, if you have 71 points scored on you, you're 
kickoff return, but we scored 56 ourselves. Right, so, so it was not a... There's a lot of kickoff and a, kickoff return snaps. One of the perfect examples of what he was saying about us being so close, like, we're one block kick away in that game from beating a, a phenomenal program. Like, Nichols, shout out Nichols, like... Going D2, it's approved, I, believe, I heard it was approved. I believe they are going D2, um, good luck to them, uh, but... 56 points means you are kicking the ball off. I think I, we kicked the ball off 10 times that game. So my body is, I am taking on double, I'm running full steam, taking on double teams, doing my thing. Shout out to the guys who blocked me. Wait, um, I won my reps though. Well, uh, if you want, what's your measurable, like height and weight? Just just for the people that. Oh, I am 5'5", 142, 143 right now. What would you say was the average amount of force you had to deal with with I double teams? I was taking teams. double teams probably from Four, the smallest. 400 pounds probably combined probably? Mm, yeah, I would say every guy who blocked me had to be over 200 for sure. Yeah, and even for if they sure. weren't like, uh, yeah, moving full speed they would, with a head start. They were, I remember specifically, uh, the one there was one guy who I think was sick of me. He decided not to block me, give me my first tackle of the season. So shout out you. Um, aside from that, the very last one of the game, I'm running down, and at this point, the game's kind of over. It might have been really close. It might have still been like winnable, but in my head, uh, I was more focused on just fucking up whoever got the ball. Right. So I'm running down. I kind of got out of my gap because I saw. Uh, the returner was breaking it uh, towards the sideline, so I left my gap real quick just to, I wanted to make a play. I wanted to be a dude out there making plays. <clears throat> Double team comes. I take on the first guy who, I'm going to count that as my first pancake of the season. <laughs> and I kind of stumble over him, and I see the other guy coming to, to clean me up. I put my hand like this. It got caught in his helmet, and uh Rip my UCL, which connects your thumb, uh, connects your hand to your thumb, and I got a. I had no grip after that. Uh, first, first surgery in my life. They done gave me surgery week four, and I was good enough to come back with the last two weeks left of the season, but I uh, never ended up getting cleared. Had some eligibility questions, and uh, that was it. So frustrating season because. I fought back, uh, fought fought to come back, and it didn't end the way I wanted. But a lot met a lot of cool people. I'm excited. It, I feel hungry. I feel fueled. I feel like uh, these coaches do know that they got the juice and they got the direction. It's just up to the players now at this point to put things into motion for them. And guys can talk about, oh, I want a coach who does this. I want a coach who does that. But when you get it and you get a coach that's got your back and get a coach, a coaching staff that supports you and wants to see you do good and isn't on your, isn't making you feel like shit all the time, it's up to the players at that point to, to push it together and go fucking win a game. And unfortunately, we didn't last year, but with all the, all the pieces that were moving, I feel like we actually lived up to expectation in a sense. I mean, I think everybody knows who we are. I think coaches yeah. know. I mean, like, I, the average person who looks at a box score has no idea. The average person who looks at oh one and eight, one and seven, da 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 da, like throughout the like no doesn't like they have no idea. Facts. But I think anybody who knows football and looks at us and looks at us on film, there's some there's some glaring stuff that goes on. But at the same time, like 
we're in every game. We belonged in every game. There's not a single we game did that we didn't, we didn't belong in. It's like, damn, these guys don't belong in the same field as us. It's never been said. It never will be said. At the end of the day, like, just raw talent-wise, we're, we're there. Yeah. So I think it's gonna I think it's gonna come together. I think it is coming together. I think this season's good for I think this season's like good for us, you know, in a sense where it was like I think d- just I, building blocks, just and building being blocks. Humbled, man, like I, I love my teammates, uh I love my coaches, but there's always that some and I'm not saying anything negative here at all. There's just something to be said about thinking you can be great and being shown that you're not. And I think that really is what fuels everybody in every sport. When you think that you are are the best and that you you're gonna walk in and fucking dominate and you get your ass kicked over and over and over and over again and then you sit there and say to yourself, Damn, I'm really not him. I really do have to work harder than the rest. Like you can hear all about it. Oh, you need to be in the weight room, oh you need to eat, oh you need to get better. It doesn't matter if if you think to yourself that you don't. But once you get once you get shown that there's guys who are working harder, who are doing this, that, and the other to be at the top, that's what really humbles a team and, and shows them and gives them the direction of like of greatness. Who they are. I mean who identity, like discovering identity. Like you gotta think like if you're eight and two and there's a captain or somebody like, Hey, how come you're not getting extra work in? It's a little easier to be like and we were eight and two. We won the conference last year. Like, and mm. when you've been two and eight, and when you've been two and eight and one and nine, there's really no excuse for you to be able to look at someone and be like, ah, I don't need extra work. Like, well, I mean, even the best dude we got here is gonna need extra work. Like, oh, at, at the end of the day, this is this is who we have to be. I mean, that's who you want to surround yourself with. Be lit, no matter what. Like, that's who they hold themselves to. Like, accountable as a person, as a man. Like, that's the biggest thing. The true test for man to get kicked and knocked down, kicked while you're down. Like. We bend down, but for the dudes who are gonna hang around here, stay around here, and build build it up, it means it means something more than just a football perspective of who we are as people and who they want around here. Because it's it, the team GPA was was up for what they want the team GPA up. Like the camaraderie was better. So I think at the end of the day, every we're gonna we've improved in a lot of the facets that are going to tr- translate onto the field, but just not right away as much. But I think we're gonna see something different come spring and come fall, uh, more specifically. Uh, with how this program goes, but again, it's just it's up, and it's up to us it's in our hands. It really doesn't come down to anybody else except us. Yeah, and uh, last thing I'll say on that is just like shout out my guys. Like, we really got the the opportunity to go out there and show the world next year, like that when we say we can be great, we mean it. And it really is in our hands now. So shout out my guys. Great group of no other group of men I'd rather play play football with. No other like. Everybody on the team is a solid dude. Love for real. Loves each other. Want to make each other laugh. Want to make. Want to watch each other ex- succeed to the highest level on and off the field. Like the type of guys where like you're down, they'll come check on you. All, almost all of us. And uh, you know, so, sometimes that doesn't lead to a f- winning football team. But I know in the long run, that's going to lead to a lot more than just winning football games. It's going to. It's going to lead to a lot more than that. So shout out, shout out Dean, shout out Dean football. <laughs> All right, so we talked, we broke down our football season. We've pretty much slandered the two terrible AFC West teams. Uh, now we're going to go into our midseason awards. Who we think deserves what? We're starting off with NFL MVP. Rocco, what do you got? I got Jalen Hurts, and I know it's probably 
the obvious one. It's not so surprising. But what I like about Hurts and why I want him and why I think he's going to win MVP over Tua and whoever else got uh, – who else is up there right now? Probably him versus Tua and Mahomes and Allen. I like the fact that Hurts is playing to his system, low interceptions, low on turnovers, obviously – bunch of turnovers against the commanders and their loss but aside from that i think he's got like 14 touchdowns three interceptions and maybe two fumbles on the season so uh when you play efficient football your team's winning you're making highlight plays you're running the football well yourself uh i think those are the main things that matter in the sport and maybe he won't win it because of hype reasons, like you got someone like Mahomes throwing 25 touchdowns, it's hard to win MVP over a guy with 25 touchdowns halfway through the season, but he's playing to a system, most valuable player, he's playing valuable, so that's for sure. I mean, I think, I think Tua for me is, I mean, was asleep for a little bit, I mean, obviously the injury played into that and they still did all, all right, like normally if a player gets hurt and they play all right, like in the absence of a player, it's tougher than to still be considered the most valuable, but then you look at what he's done. Uh, three straight games with a passer rating over 135, first in quarterback rating, second in completion percentage, third in touchdowns, and that's with missing what? Two. Well, he got. He Well, he missed one game. Two. two well, he missed the game with the. Con- like, portions of the game, came back the next week, then missed what? Two? Yep. So he's concussed. He got injured. He got concussed during the one, then he missed the next week, then he was. Then he missed another week, right? Yeah. It was the half the game, two full games, and then back to. Play. Then he was back, and he had the concussion the week earlier that he just right. no one really wanted to talk about. Yeah. So to, to deal with all that and still come back through and still be in consideration for this war award is one thing. I mean, he's got weapons. McDaniel seems to be a pretty smart guy. I was honestly, I was confused. McDaniel's. I was I was confused by I'm like you're gonna you fired Flores for this dude like really like Flores. I thought Beef Low was doing his thing, but. Obviously, he's put Tua in an incredible position to succeed when he came and said that he's a, he's a centerpiece of what we want at, like with this team to be. But then they went and signed Teddy Bridgewater. I was confused. Confused. Like, I was like, why are you gonna go have? Why are you gonna sign a great backup with so much confidence in this guy? Literally every decision they made so far uh, has paid off, and it puts him in contention for not just the playoffs, but I think for a Super Bowl. Considering how well Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are playing, and the play calling is. Uh, I think it's hard to go wrong with two. I mean, I like. I think Mahomes too. The Mahomes is throwing 50, 60 passes a game, and is leading the team in rushing and still throwing the ball all over the yard, making the plays he normally does. Uh, same with Josh Allen. I think the injury is going to hinder him a little bit too. Um, but obviously, this is it's the best quarterback award at this point. When it comes down to MVP, no one really else competing. Well said. Um, no, we don't have any other outside position players like maybe Tyreek, uh, maybe Justin Jefferson, or some of the other guys that could fit in there, but not anywhere close to the way these guys are playing. We got our honorable mentions too. Uh, you can start. I off do have one honorable mention, and I only am listing this guy if you're if you like to bet. If you're a betting guy and you want and you need a little hail mary, Tom fucking Brady. Now check it out. Statistically, efficiency-wise, he's balling. The problem is, and the argument that people are making at the moment, is well, when you throw 50, 60 passes a game, you're obviously going to average more yards. Inflated numbers. Yeah, his numbers are super inflated. Super inflated. But uh, the Buccaneers schedule 
the Buccaneers schedule is probably something that matters the most. So they got the the Browns this week, and I believe this is the last week with the Browns having uh, Jacoby as their quarterback. Yeah, it's Deshaun. So they got Browns, Saints, <clears throat> Niners, Bengals, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. If they win out here, which I don't know if they can or will. Tough schedule, first place team, tough first place schedule. Right. They'll finish the season 12-5. and five. So let's just say they lose two of those games. Like they get Niners, like they got Niners and Bengals back to back, lose those two games. But then they they got the Panthers and the Falcons in back to back weeks, the last two weeks of the season. Those division games are huge, and you're telling me if Tom Brady doesn't win, if he wins out and doesn't win MVP, he's gonna probably lead the league in passing yards. Well, he's gonna what he's gonna have to do to win out is gonna be. Show out, show up like, on and, another level, and they're at getting 45. hot, and they are getting hot at the perfect time. But you're telling me a 45 year old man will lead the league in passing yards, pro- win his division, possibly mid divorce, mid divorce, all the things going into it, and on top of that, might finish the season 12 and five after being three and five at one point. Yeah, no. I that mean, would be that'd be so if you're be, if you're yeah. looking for the Hail Mary, bet on Tom Brady. Never bet against that man. It's uh it's it'll show it, you up. It's peak Tom Brady activity. Like it wouldn't I don't think it would if it surprises anybody, obviously you haven't been tuned into the NFL for the past twenty plus years. Well like, said. I don't I don't think that should come as a shock really to anybody. Mm. Uh my honorable mentions Geno Smith. I'm trying to look up the record here. I think are they gonna buy this? Is Geno gonna buy this week? Is yeah. Gonna buy this? Uh, I believe they are. gonna buy this week. But the fact that they're actually I'm pretty sure they're what, they're first in the is, is they first in the NFC West? Five and four, I think. I think that's first in the NFC West. I think that's leading the NFC West or no, the the, the Niners beat them, correct? So, no, no, they're they're first they're first, first in the NFC six West. And four. Not at six and four. four, I mean Geno Smith out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, like who else is really there? I mean, they have some rookies playing out of their mind on defense. They're winning the turnover battle on defense often, which is a huge plus to. But I mean, like you can't deny the way that Geno Smith has played so far. I mean, it's actually been incredible how well Geno Smith has played uh, for the Seahawks team. I mean, especially coming after Russell Wilson. I mean, like dude, they're gonna have the Broncos draft picks. They're gonna have all this like capital from the Broncos as well that was sent over like player wise but 2400 passing yards for, for Geno Smith he's got 17 touchdowns to four picks his completion percentage is 73% which is immense it's immense he's just accurate he's not turning the ball over you got Kenneth Walker there which we're about to get into I was going to say this is the perfect Seahawks, seg- perfect segue perfect, perfect segue. segue and Seahawks fans You'll want to tune into fucking every single show in America come midseason awards because your team has ballers, and I'm talking about ballers that you would have never expected to be ballers. Every Jordan Brooks looks like he might be the best. He has a linebacker. He has 104 tackles through week. What is it, week 10? Week week, not, week, week 11. Week 11. And he might be the best tackling linebacker in football. Uh, Woolen might be five the, picks. Quandra Diggs played well. Like. What are we doing here? Like, Kobe Bryant's been very good. And then on top of it, if you take a look at their offense, they still got guys who were playing well when Russ was around that people forgot about. Lockett, DK, playing well. And they, they haven't really missed the beat. As a matter of fact, they probably looked better under Geno Smith. Like, they have looked better. I mean, like, the whole, I didn't know why they were keeping Pete Carroll as a coach. I was like, I really thought this was going to be a full rebuild. They keep Same. Pete Carroll... 
Geno Smith's the starter, beats out Drew Locke. Thank God, by the way. Just not a big, that's just not a Drew Locke guy. I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't like him. But yeah, I know this is probably one of the biggest stories of the year, and it should be. And Pete Carroll probably should be in more conversation for Coach of the Year. Which again, we'll get into that as we move on. Shout, and it's, out, it, shout out Pete Carroll. Shout out Pete Carroll. Uh, for the way this team has played, like way above the way we expected them to play, like, but Geno Smith above all, like I really don't think this team's going anywhere if Geno Smith isn't playing at this level, which is where I see like his value, especially for a sleeper pick. What do we have his odds at? I think it's plus thirty six, plus thirty five hundred were his odds. So, I mean, it's not a bad bet to take considering like if they do run the table, like you were saying, the Buccaneers they might do the same thing. Geno could certainly end up even closer in that race. But we're gonna move on. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Like I said, perfect segue to your pick. Kenneth Walker. Now let me tell you why. It's not... I haven't looked at his numbers at all. Watching Kenneth Walker plays, play football is refreshing. He is... Seven ev- touchdowns. He is everything you want in a running back. Elusive, strong, can pound up the middle, can bounce outside and looks, looks shifty on the outside and looks rigid on the inside. Pause. Like... This guy is a baller, like, especially being a running back myself. Like, every attribute I want it, it, for myself to be great, he, it seems like he has. And every time I watch him play football or I click through the channels or I watch Red Zone, it seems like he's scoring another f- touchdown, whether it be at the goal line, the Red Zone, or a 70-yard f- breakaway bomb. Like, what are we doing? Like, how are we – it's like – how do you keep letting him get away with this? Like, yeah. this guy is a baller. He's a played baller. what nine games. He Rashad Penny played I, five. So I saw a stat that said he had six touchdowns in five games. Yeah. So I th- but he didn't start until Rashad until, Penny got hurt. Right. Rashad Penny played five. I think he took over in that fifth game because he missed one. And yeah, seven touchdowns in nine games played. But you got to think he's only been a starter for like four games, right? Which uh, is in, which is incredible. And he still has over five. He's averaging five a carry, sixty-five yards a game. But like that's shout- not even respect to back the game that he started and how well he's done. Right. So that's been a shout out. Uh, shout out Nick Roth because he told me this was gonna happen, and shout out Michigan State because even they, they got themselves gave us the product of Kenneth Walker. That's what I'm saying. Roll Sparty. Uh, my, I'm gonna go bias here. Chris Olave. Chris Olave has been an absolute stud for yes. the Saints this year. Yes. Um, I like. I thought he was gonna be good. I mean, obviously you're in an offense with shout out Ohio State with Michael Thomas. You're in an offense with shout out Ohio State <laughs> with with uh, Jarvis Landry. I mean, I figured he'd be pretty. good. Our track record with Ohio State, Malshawn Lattimore as well. Uh, shout Pete, out Ohio Pete, State. Pete Werner as well. Yep. Uh, so like we've had a pretty good track record when it comes to Ohio State guys, which I was happy about. I didn't expect Chris Olave to be this good this quick, considering the fact that he gets his head taken off like weekly. Weekly. Like hospital passes left and right. You know, 46 catches, two touchdowns, 658 yards. I mean, in consideration, I think, to where he's projected to get over 1,100 receiving yards, only one more touchdown, but still, 14 yards per catch is and 78 receptions as a rookie wow. is is fantastic. So if you I mean, look at the whole NFL stats in a sense, like where he ranks among receivers. I saw that he ranked. I know he's in the top 20, somewhere a little under Mike Evans, uh, which Mike Evans is also having a great year. So it's a good comparison. I mean, no one's touching JJ his entire year. They're already over a thousand yeah. yards apiece. Like that's actually pretty. so. Lobby ranks 13th in receiving yards. He's 13. Right. Right behind Mike Evans. So to be in the top twenty as a rookie 
fluctuating between an injured Jameis Winston, hurt Andy Dalton, and what you would consider to be, uh, and that's still considering the fact that he's the number one threat because Michael Thomas has been hurt. Well, so it'd be one thing to get this much yardage and do this well when they're doubling MT or they're yeah. dealing with Jarvis Landry or Kamara has been a threat. This Saints offense has been just disjointed as can be, and still putting up crazy numbers. So I'm glad we got him. I just think we need to figure out a coaching situation as well as a quarterback situation. But conversation for another day. No. I think both of us want to shout out Damian Pierce, another running back. So obviously you're, obvious you're a fan. Uh, big fan. Uh, talking about Kenneth Walker, I was saying like a complete back. Damian Pierce just runs fucking hard, dude. Like every time <laughs> he gets the – I mean, there's the clip of him in college where his helmet fucking falls off and bounces down the field like a, like a bowling ball. And he doesn't even seem to, like, care. He just keeps running, basically, like, full force and scores. And it's just, like, that video that went viral, you can just connect that to him in the NFL because that's what he's doing every single night. Just balling, running people over. And I made the bowling ball comparison earlier with his helmet. He runs like a fucking bowling ball. Yeah. Like, three, he does. Only three touchdowns, but 772 rushing yards. He's fifth in the NFL. Uh, <sighs> Justin Fields right behind him, which is another crazy thing to shout out Justin Fields. Actually, look into, but and then he's right behind Josh Jacobs, which again, like you know, the Raiders, the Raiders have never had a run game. They do now, and they still suck. But anyways, yeah. it, it, it can't get one all. But yeah, shout out Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is again fifth in rushing. I mean, it's hard to look hard to look away from in terms of how good he's been. Um, and he very well, very well might win this award. By the way, like, yeah, I mean, Kenneth, I mean, Kenneth Walker has just done it so recently because of how explosive he's looked. Like, and Damian Pierce very well still could, still could win it. I don't see a lot of they winning it because I don't think the Saints are going to play well enough for him to him to play well enough. Yeah. But I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm just very frustrated with that. But again, Damian Pierce, uh, I'd say probably should be probably. I mean, probably the safest bet. I'd have to think because Kenneth yeah. Walker's only been there for a short time. Like this is under the suspicion that he's going to continue to produce at that level. Um, Definitely will. But kids got juice. Nah, for sure. But I mean, like young running back talent in the NFL, like it never, you never, you never steered wrong from it. I mean, it's a young man's game at that position, so it's nice to see these kids step right into these roles and do. I mean, the the value system wise, like this, the position continues to kind of be devalued by guys who come in are so quickly, so good. Right. Unfortunate, but glad to see young guys having success. So that goes on. Now we're going to go on to the defensive rookie of the year, which I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think Sauce Gardner. I think anyone arguing it at this point either just hates New York football or is not watching what he's doing. Like, I, uh, we all know the stat. Uh, he hasn't let up a touchdown since, like, freshman year of high school or some crazy shit like that. This kid... Like, he's going against number one receivers consistently. And I think I saw a stat saying something like he's allowed in man coverage 38 yards all season. Like, this is a guy who stepped into a role with the expectation of, like, you're just going to learn how to play corner in the NFL this year. And instead of learning, he might be a top three corner in the NFL, like, off the fucking bat. Like, it's it's phenomenal. Two touchdowns. It's Darrell Rivas-like. It's island He makes tackles. What is this? Receptions allowed. He has 20 receptions allowed, tied for 73rd. Which is like, I'm, I'm assuming it's like the inverse oh, of, oh. like, like it would be the inverse. Oh, is that saying, like... I, I No, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that ranks pretty well. Like, I, like, right. like I'm pretty sure that the lower... That's how I read it. Like, the lower you are... I mean, and you have to consider how many snaps he plays, too, in consideration. 
Anyways, he's graded at an 86.1 as a rookie playing against number one wide receivers. Like yeah. He's gone up against Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. He's going to play Stephon Diggs twice a year. Right. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle twice a year. Twice a year. Um, I mean, okay, I mean Patriots receivers aren't really that good, but, but still, they got still, guys. You know, he's still going to see their best. He's still like he's and just I mean, still to game plan against them. You got to think of like, like I said, yeah, I think he went against Jamar Chase already. I mean, there's plenty of number one receivers he's going to see that are incredibly talented. Oh, he's younger than me. That's one of the things that I've been I've been thinking about recently. How how he's, young these guys are? He's in, uh, he's younger than me. Yep. Oh, I was depressing. Why did I just do that? I should have looked at that. <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't, man. Not a, not a doubt in my oh, mind that Sauce man. Gardner is going to win the award, but we got some honorable mention. Like, I don't, like, what's stopping him? Like, nothing's stopping him. He's not, he doesn't give up touchdowns. He barely gives up oh. catches. Like, they don't throw at him. Like, it's it's actually crazy. Um, Aiden Hutchinson's yours, right? So, when I wrote honorable mention, I wrote it with the intention of, like, just shouting him Just out. Just shout, shout out, shout out Aiden Hutchinson. Because no one's, no one is touching this dude. And it's like it feels like every time a guy like that goes early, the light is shined on them immensely. And it wasn't. It's not really sh- like you don't hear about Aiden Hutchinson ever. Well, because the Lions defense is probably one of the worst right. in the league. But he's the only bright spot. He gets six sacks. Took the words out of my mouth when a when a defense is so poor, you don't want to hear anything about it. But I think, uh, re- who'd they play? They had a little nail-biter game this week where I think they let down once again. Or, or did, oh, they, 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 they won by one against the, That's the Bears. Who do you have the, the pit? He had an interception yeah. against. Uh, who do you have the interception against? And then the against? game-winning sack, too. Uh, yeah. on, uh, two, I think he had two game-winning sacks in the same drive. Like, two uh, last drive of the game, two sacks, and it was just phenomenal. So... Yeah, he's done very well considering how much attention he's like, He's younger than me too, bro. I need to stop. Six seven two sixty four. That's I, a big I, man. Uh, hey man, uh, too. He's younger than me still. Yeah. Ah, God, is it painful? He's a baller. He's living. He's living up to the hype. He's a dude. Like, he's a dude. He's like that's like I said all the time. Like, is he a dude? He's a, he's a dude. It's like uh, we're gonna get into this guy in a little bit. Little Michael Parsons. Aiden Hutchinson's a dude. A guy who could potentially be in deep hallway conversation in a few years. Wouldn't surprise me. Oh, for sure. And then uh, I had Tariq Woolen as my shout-out. Like shout-out Woolen. I, we we kind of shouted him out as well. I mean, Kobe Bryant's been good as a rookie. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that this kid came out of nowhere. When He, what, he was a fifth-round draft pick out of UTSA. And... Yeah, okay, so obviously that ranking for the reception a lot because he is 26 and he's ranked higher right, than, so I was than right. Sauce. So yeah. that was a good thing. Yeah. But he's rated as a 70, and no one, a fifth round pick that can be rated as a 70 is very, very good. Five interceptions, he leads the league in interceptions, which isn't normally good of a corner because when he's getting thrown at that much, obviously the reason. But I know that they play a lot of zone in Seattle. That's why Richard Sherman, for, for so long, they would always be on one side of the field. Right. And they would run like. You know, they run certain... I, I know their defense is a little bit different, so the fact that he's getting picks is actually a good thing considering the defense they run. Yeah. I don't know all the intricacies, but obviously still rookie and for showing the, up. for the audience, so what we were talking about with the rankings over here is uh, when we were going over Sauce, he was he had 20 receptions allowed and was ranked like 74th, which in, when I read it seemed like amazing. But I needed to take a look at someone else. Twenty six. Uh, he's Woolen's got twenty six receptions allowed, and he's ranked fortieth. So my statement about 
twenty steps. The lower the better. Right, the lower the better. Like the, the I, I, I should have figured because I knew that there was not seventy three guys in the league who had less given up less less targets. Unless like. they just hadn't played and that's how it was being counted, but obviously that wasn't right. How it was working out. So those are the rookies. Shout out rookies. Um which these are dudes that even as rookies very well could compete for these awards. Like I kinda wanted to throw sauce in there for defensive player of the year. I mean, he hasn't been Michael Parsons or Matt Judon, but like still though, like he's been he he, he's transformed an entire defense, an entire culture of defense, which I think their culture their coach is very good too and has brought a good culture to them, but still. Uh but anyways, uh, what do we go? Offensive player of the year for offensive player of the year. I was gonna say we should just dive right into defensive player of the year since we just, we're done. just jump right into it and you you got red my boy red sleeves over there in uh, the secret weapon of so, Bill Belichick's defense. We're 15 minutes away from Fox, bro. We can drive over to the stadium. Uh, those fans are nuts. I actually was at the stadium for a, for a school thing recently. Shout out Fox, bro. Shout out the Patriots. Fun organization. Fun place to be. And shout out Matt Judon. Because that man is balling. And we everyone knows he can play. Red sleeves. Uh, sticks out on your screen all times, no matter what. Does his little celly. Uh, it's all cute and shit. But this year, he said, fuck all that. that fuck all the talking. I'm going to go ball. He's got uh, 12 sacks through 11 games. Which, or through 10 games, I think. He might, uh, he might yeah. get the, he might touch the sack record. It's, the it is a TJ Watt just ever so recently said. Right. Um, what was it? Twenty two and a half. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Maybe yeah, twenty three. He's got what is it? Nine or ten away till till he's seventy five point five rating. Seventy five and a half. Right. Uh, as a uh, according to PFF, great grade. And then <coughs> what I want to uh, point out too that not a lot of people understand. When you're playing the position he is, which he is basically being told, like, right, like go get a sack. Like, he's not... He is setting the edge occasionally. Not really great against the run. But 13 solo tackles for, for his position is phenomenal. And he's only tied for 43rd, according to, to what we're reading. But when you're told... Just get the quarterback. Just get the quarterback. Oh, his position, he's and not meant to make plays. And you're sacks. right, and you're making. You made 13 solo tackles this season. Like he's playing. It's almost like when something we talked about recently. Like guys who just go out there and play football. Like there's not a lot to it. Like when you're you're not playing to the system. You're not playing to to your defense. Your role is to be a fucking athlete, and that's really what they're telling this guy to do, and, and he's, he's thriving. How much attention he garners, too. Like how much better the rest of your other 10 guys on your defense can be because of what he does as a pass rusher, yep. and how much attention that he actually draws from an offense to double-team and pick-up and protection. Like How much of your playbook it opens up in terms of blitzes and stunts where you can put... Yeah, you want to run three guys to him? Sure. You want to have extra that extra blitz pickup on him? Sure. But that's going to leave other guys that we like in one-on-one matchups on the other side. And then he's still getting his on top of all the attention he garners, right. which is the most impressive thing. Yep. All right, so for my DPOI, I mean, it's like, it's hard. Like I said, I want to throw some other, like, sleepers out there. But then you look at, outside of Judon and Micah Parsons, is really no one. So we stuck with Micah Parsons, like... And we'll go through his PFF grades as well, too, where it's just like, there's no one touching this dude. He's, he's like a minus favorite when we looked at it. He was he was favored, what, minus he's, 250? He's balling. Like, there's no doubt that 
he might like like we said like he might walk away with that t- with without ninety point seven grade like I'm, he's the best he's the best player at his respective position yep. like it's insane yep he's tied for fourth in solo tackles he's right and I think total tackles he's got to be up there as well too eight sacks but he's not a traditional edge player he's a true linebacker like, he has to play in coverage he also has to play in the run game and. The- the fact that, but they line them up in pass rushing situations to get off the edge as well. Well, too. I was going to say this year in particular, well, like the problem with last year with Micah that a lot of people had, fans especially, was like what you were saying about him playing linebacker so often, dropping into coverage. What Mike McCarthy and uh, that defense has done this year differently is putting him on the edge. And, and, and pretty much what I was saying about Judon go sack the quarterback and go be an athlete. And they simplified him. They simplified what he does, and it's showing on on the stat sheet. It's showing on game day, like eight sacks, ten assist tackles, two forced fumbles, twenty four solo tackles. Like, what else more do you want in a guy who you're telling go sack the quarterback? He's it's nuts. A, he's older than me by like two months, so I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, he's just a dude. Like, I don't know. And again, he's just a guy like the eye test. I know like not a lot of people like to use the eye test. We can talk about stats, so he blew in the face and be like, the, like the dude's just I don't know. There's just something intuition there. You look at this guy the way he plays and the game of football. Jumps off the screen. Yeah, you can't. He's just very noticeable. You don't have to know his number or his name, and you're gonna your eyes well, are gonna be attracted and drawn to, to from Michael. Heaven. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Those those new defensive numbers have been a kind of a blessing, honestly. I kind of feel like this in the like, already you, already some unique guys like Micah Parsons who are rocking those unique numbers. But now on to Offensive Player of the Year. This is like the this is the new receiver award. This it, is this, it is becoming the receiver because award. of how much the league passes now and how much uh, quarterbacks win the MVP. This has kind of become like the best receiver award. Well, it's I'm, been, I'm like, gonna have to give someone a shout out then because you're right. There are some running backs that are. Deserving, but nah, I don't know. Just the injuries to the position, games played, how much people run the ball, trailing games. I don't know. Anyways, who's your pick for offense player there? So it's obviously Tyreek, right? So uh, we can talk about the other guys that that have a shot. Shout out Saquon because, like you were saying, this really is uh, the receiver award at this point, and it kind of sucks because I'm a running back. We've been talking about it, and guys like Saquon have been fucking balling, but. it's Tyreek. Like, he had a thousand yards through like eight games. Yeah, that's over, incredible. He's, he's, he's had over a hundred in every game except for one, right? Right. And the most, uh, a hundred. I think it was the the most a hundred and forty yard games in a season, and we're only halfway through the season. Like, it doesn't make sense what they're doing. And two was hurt for a portion too, so it's been different quarterback. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Put the, ball, and, put the ball in his hands. He's, one of the, he's probably the best athlete in the NFL. I don't know if anybody else is touching him for that. Right, and that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, like I didn't expect, and uh, I'm whiffed on this, I didn't expect him to just walk into the Dolphins organization, leave Patrick Mahomes, walk into a lefty quarterback, uh, walk into a, a system with a new coach, and doesn't make, doesn't doesn't throw the ball deep the same way that uh, the Chiefs did. And then he just said, fuck all that. I'm going to catch the ball in open space, and nobody's going to touch me. And he does it consistently over and over and over, and it's frustrating to watch because there's no 
physical specimen in football that can keep up with him. It's like it's unreal that someone can have that much success like sustainably. Like it's just it's so creative to get him in the positions he's getting the football. And then I think one of the big reasons for that too is like slide down to number four on the list right now, Jalen Waddle. Shout out Jalen Waddle. I mean, like he's not my pick for offensive player there. The guy who's in second with the other only other receiver that's over a thousand yards right now. I mean, maybe he had one of the greatest catches ever, easily the greatest catch of the season. Shout out Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. But right now we're just talking about Waddle, eight hundred and seventy eight yards for him, six touchdowns, four from Tyreek. Like, I think that's a huge part too of like the success that Tyreek's had because he has another receiver. Like not only has Tyreek been like the main target and been as good as he has, it hasn't not only it hasn't taken away from Jalen Waddle, it's actually added to the success that Jalen Waddle's had early on in his career. So not only is Tyreek still getting his looks and still having success, he doesn't have to be made that focal point. He still remains that focal point, still draws the coverage as he does. But then at the same time it kind of balances out because if you're gonna do that, well Waddle's gonna light it up and the second they do that, like so it's a great combination of play calling, quarterback play, and just having two dudes who can flat out dudes. go out there in space and make plays, like just have elite speed, elite route running, and then having, like I said, the play calling and the decision making from your quarterback and head coach, like they really have something special in Miami. It's it's really really nice to see, honestly, to have like this that put together that well because it just seems like it's it's meshed very well considering. Like when they fired the coach, I really didn't know what the direction was. It's really worked out for them. And uh, this is random off the top of my head. I don't know for sure on the stat, but I do remember seeing something about Jalen Waddle being like, like the lowest yards per per catch last year. This year he's the highest, or one of the highest. Obviously, there's guys like uh, like expected yards per right. catch. I think is what it is. Like they got it to him like so short, he made plays himself. Right, and he was averaging something like I remember correctly, it was like ten point six yards a catch last year. This year it's jumped up to seventeen point two. So clearly, what they're doing in Miami is is working. And clearly, Jalen Waddle can catch the ball short, catch the ball deep, catch the ball midfield, and, and get yards. It's 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 crazy. It's spectacular what that offense is doing. And then Jeff- Jefferson's my other pick, and it's like you really can pick either him or Tyree Kill. Like any other year where Tyree Kill isn't doing what he's doing, it's Justin Jefferson hands down. Which Stephon Diggs is actually very close to one K too. Which is like I mean, like I say, this is the best receiver award. When you go down. Like, if you really were to, like, look at, like, we're going to look at the top five receivers right now. Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, and Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup hasn't played. Uh, he just got hurt, so he's going to be out for a minute. Yeah. And Devontae Adams, six. Like, is there really anybody else in the running back room or offensive side of the football where you're really going to insert any of them into that conversation? Like, who's really warranting right. of any of that? Like, it's literally just all receivers. And if you look at the MVP conversation when it comes down to a two, there's a pretty solid association there with Tua being in the conversation, Josh Allen being in the conversation, Kelsey's up there, which obviously has moments. So it's really just become like, you know, best receiver, best quarterback awards when it comes to those, the way the league's going. Mm. But Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, like I I said, I just don't have faith. I, I just, Kirk Cousins, I don't know. I just don't have the, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in him, but man, just, prime time just, Kirk, just throw it up. To, yeah, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. He's gonna play. They're gonna move him to prime time games, and it's gonna be bad. But Justin Jefferson, man, I think he had a little low there for a little bit after he blew up the beginning of the season. Then he had like a little low, and then again, it's been all business since. The dude's unreal. Um, uh, LSU is wide receiver U at this point. Wide receiver U for sure. But on the Justin Jefferson point, who, so Tyreek Hill 
in my opinion, gonna win that award, right? Who's the better receiver? I am agreeing with you. It is Justin Jefferson, no doubt. He can do more. Uh, his routes from hands, deep ball, catching the ball, intermediate, catching the ball on scramble drill, catching the ball, getting yards uh, after the catch, like everything combined, toughness, being the number one receiver and not having uh, guys that you can rely on to take take the um, take the vision off of you, where he does still have Thielen. They just got a new tight end. But Thielen isn't what it used to be. New tight end just got there. Ha- uh, shout out Hawkinson. But Jefferson's just like a baller. At every stage, at every facet of the game, there's no one better and no one smoother with their routes than J-Jets. So, yeah, shout out J-Jets. Just, just an electric athlete that's just doing great things. So now we go from there to comeback player <laughs> of the year, which is kind of a strange one for me. Because like I had a guy that's a comeback player of the year candidate. He's the huge favorite. Um, using my MVP conversation as like you know a little bet there, but he's not my comeback player of the year favorite. But anyways, you can, you can jump off. That's my hint for it. Anybody hasn't guessed yet. Mine is someone we talked about earlier. We talking about uh, Seahawks fans sticking around. It's fucking Geno, baby. We were talking about the 73% completion percentage, right? And how important that is to that offense because last year was the whole let Russ cook, let Russ ball, all that jazz, junk. And that's the Broncos how that's working. It's yeah. not pretty. But when you have a guy who plays the system perfectly, like, it's fun to watch Seattle play. Like, they're not super explosive. They're not super... Uh, consistent, but Gino is going to throw the ball to Tyler Lockett, he's going to throw the ball to DK Metcalf, and he's going to let them do what they do, and he's going to throw the ball to them with consistency and accuracy out of all things, so 2,500 passing yards, and uh, what would we say, 17 passing touchdowns, and 73% completion percentage to only four picks, like we were talking about Jalen Hurts earlier, uh, I think I said 14 touchdowns to, to three picks with uh, a couple 20, of fumbles, I think, right? Right, 2,100 passing yards or something like that. Okay, if I'm saying that guy's going to win MVP, shout out Geno Smith. And uh, I'm going to let you talk about, about your pick, but this guy that Lucas got, he's balling too, so I'm not taking any credit away from him. I mean, Geno, 85.9 on PFF, and it's a pretty decent rating system when it comes down to it in terms of PFF rates. Especially quarterbacks, um, but it's not. I mean, it's not the be all end all of anything. But I at the end, but it's still very relevant. And like I said, we mentioned. I mentioned Geno earlier and what he's been able to do and what he's meant to that Seattle organization this year. What they've done, incredible. Nothing short of incredible. I mean, like I really, I've touched on everything. His numbers, everything. But the eye test too. Just been electric. Uh, my guy is Saquon Barkley. Dude's leading the league in rushing yards. Shout out Saquon. Um, 79.6 rating, six rushing touchdowns. He's been very good out of the backfield as well, too. Almost 200 receiving yards. So over 1,000 all-purpose already as we're a little, uh, just about halfway through the season. I mean, like, again, I test, again, the last couple of years he hasn't looked right. You know, At injuries all. on and off. The eye test this year, some of those runs, especially early in the season, well, again, we're going to get to coach of the year next where Dabal's mine. He just looks, he just looks powerful again. He just looks like... 
Quadzilla. He just looks like he just looks like the dude. He just that he was at Penn State. He looks like the dude he was when he's a rookie. He just looks like that bell cow back that when the ball's in his hands, just look out, electric runner, and doesn't look hurt anymore. Just looks like the true runner that he was, and I hope he, he can sustain that. And again, you're you're a running back fan, so you can appreciate everything that you know that he does. It's been incredible. I'm glad to see him back. I think everybody. I think he's one of those like. He's a very likable guy. I don't think anybody really has like. You know, there's some guys where like you might see like on the, on the struggle with him. like Michael Thomas. No one really feels bad for Michael Thomas. I don't no. really think. I mean, you're a Bucks fan, but like I don't think anybody really typically feels that bad for Odell Beckham Jr. This is just Saquon's a guy like or Joe Burrow when he tore his ACL. People felt bad for him. When yeah. he came back, they were happy for him. Saquon's another guy where it's like they're glad that he's healthy now. Mm-hmm. He and what he's doing is is incredible. He just again I test him. Just looks incredible. Uh, he does. Watching him play football is honestly so beautiful to the eye, especially if you're a running back. Because I was talking about Kenneth Walker earlier being complete back. The one facet of the game that Saquon has that people don't understand is it's his ability to catch a swing route or a, an over the ball kind of thing and turn it into a fucking play. And whether or not uh, whether or not he is meant to be a receiving back or should be a receiving back or should be catching all these balls, it's working for them. And you're talking about Dayball and his system and being coach of the year. It's really because Saquon is balling out. Like we could, if Saquon, if you remove Saquon from this team, are they still where they uh, still in a same or similar position to where they are right now? Probably, but. I can assure you that they're not as explosive on offense. No, not at all. I can assure you. I respect them the same way. I think it makes Daniel Jones ten times the player that he can be because you have a reliable guy you can throw and run the ball with. Uh, It's come down to their offensive line playing better, too. Uh, Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas are very good. Um, And this is really the only running back warranted of that MVP conversation and offensive player of the year conversation in all reality. And he just doesn't have enough touchdowns, I think, to compete, as unfortunate as that is. But that's really the only guy that steps into – uh, that conversation, but again, like I said, shout out Gino. Uh, I think Gino is definitely going to be up there, but Saquon, Saquon a favorite too. So, like I said, we're going to segue into Coach of the Year, our last award before we get into our, our picks for the weekend for the NFL games. And you got one that I, I'm pretty sure got some love last year, uh, but certainly deserves it this year considering everything that they've done. Yeah. So, uh, shout out Nick Sirianni, and <laughs> funny story. I'm very uh, good at predicting when a coach is going to be successful or not, right? I told everyone from the bat, Urban Meyer is a fraud. Uh, I was pretty accurate on Freddie Kitchen saying he wasn't going to do anything. He was too interested in the hype, not interested in winning football games. Um, I don't... uh, Dan Campbell said he'd be fun to watch, said he'd make the team competitive, not anything special. The one that I whiffed on is Sirianni. And who the hell wouldn't whiff on a guy who stood in front of a, a, a whole football team and started talking about, I play rock, paper, scissors, shoot to, to, to find who I want to draft. Like, this guy looked delusional. I remember watching his interviews and hearing about him and listening to him talk, and I was like, this might end up being the biggest disaster in sports. Like, you just <laughs> fired a Super Bowl winning coach referred to how he drafts players based on doing rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So, did he prove me wrong? Absolutely. Like, this guy coaches 
his personality is what he's adapted the team. He's wanted the, he wants the team to adapt to his personality, and they just fit it perfectly. Like he talks about the reason he does the robbery says shoot competition. Okay, well if you're gonna use that philosophy, you need to run the football. You need competition to be. I know my team will run the ball, will move, get movement on the offensive and defensive line, and run the ball down your throat and make sure that nobody can run on us. And that is exactly what they've done. Everything else is just icing on the cake. Jalen Hurts, icing. Uh, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, icing. Um, that that secondary icing. They, say they have a defensive identity, too, and they just they have Darius Slay, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Stop, stop the run. Cox. They, Get they, picks. They, Offensively, they, run the football, throw first downs. That's all you need to do. Football is a simple game. Think, so, shout out Nick Sirianni. They play to their strengths. They have a lot of athletes. They have a lot of dudes who just make plays. Like yep. Jalen Hurts being like Devontae Smith, a Heisman winner. AJ Brown's another dude. They just like they, you know, they, they have like very like, distinct skill sets. Big yep. body receivers as route runners, and they play to those strengths very well. Uh, like I said, I stay in. I'm staying in the NFC East here. Brian Dabble, hard, hard to really disagree with Brian Dabble and what right. he's done. Flip the Giants around. Their point differential is only plus 14, which kind of scares you a little bit, considering seven and two, you're only scoring 14 more points than you're giving up. That is That's, it's not not the ideal differential you want out of a 7-2 and two football team, so some would even say luck at that point. I'm not going to go that far, but still, you can just see how like much the culture really shifted with his takeover, and again, the success of Saquon, success of Daniel Jones, this is all without Kenny Dolliday doing a damn thing. The offensive line being better, like, they have really done, he's really done a good job there in terms of, I think, putting his players in good uh, positions to succeed, and has made Something out of nothing. I really don't think it was like the ideal position to go to for a guy coming out of a system with Josh Allen and the Bills. Like it's almost like, man, I don't even know if I had the left at that point. Like there's gotta be other jobs that have opened up that have been better. But it was a job for him, and it's a job that he's brought the Giants to seven and two at it. If that's sustainable, looks like they're definitely a playoff team. I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs with that record right now. Mm. Uh, but like I said, that point differential does scare you a little bit. Um, they haven't really got into the meat and potatoes of the divisional schedule yet, which are always interesting games, and so we'll see what the future holds for them. But again, I'm I can't I'm nothing but impressed with how good that they've been, how good the NFC East as a division has been, how good the the, AF, the the East on both in both the AFC and the NFC has been impressive. Two best year. divisions of football yeah, in terms of consistency at the moment, no doubt. But yeah, Brian Dabble's my pick. And those are our NFL midseason awards. Now we're going to go through game by game. For this weekend? For this week's against the spread. Mm, I like that. Maybe a brief little something-something of who we got. Uh, we're not going to go. It's, it's going to be more rapid fire. We'll rapid close fire. out the episode that way. And we'll, we're, we will we'll, at least I'll address it, whether you're back next week or not. Or whatever. Like I said, we're gonna, we got some plans. I was going to say. We got some plans. Let's make our predictions. If I'm back next week, we can talk about we'll, where we went wrong, where we went right. And we'll go from there and we'll keep track of it. So we'll be right back with our predictions. All right, so we're back. We're going to pretty much rapid fire through the weekend. To start the week now, we got the the Titans beat the Packers. Rough year for the Packers. Uh, Packers lost by 10. Titans up to 7-3. and three. Shout out Cisco. I guess him and his boys looking uh, – <laughs> Looking all right, Ryan Tannehill looking like a dude. Didn't do that my fantasy last year, so I'm going to hold it against him. Ryan Tannehill is a dude. Shout out Ryan Tannehill. This wasn't for me in my fantasy last year. <laughs> Still ran into second place, but it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Bears, Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta minus three. Now, for those who don't 
aren't familiar with the sports betting world, three points is what home field advantage is worth. So really, it's just a pick them who you think is going to win. Falcons are four and six. Bears are three and seven. Who you got? I got Bears. I think they win outright. Yeah, I think they want to win outright, honestly. I mean, like, uh, it's hard for me to go Bears. They're coming off that crushing loss to the Lions. Justin Fields is literally doing everything possible to try and win them football games. I'm not sure if I see them going on the road to win that game. They're 1-4 on the road. Falcons have been okay at home. I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to cover Falcons to win. So next up we got Browns, Bills. This game is not being played in Detroit. That's a wow. ESPN fumbling the bag. Yeah, I want to say it's in Buffalo. Like that's no, just... no, no. It's it's in Detroit. Uh, there's a snowstorm coming down. Oh, are they really Six knocking feet, up. Oh, they, they really had to move the game moved, because they moved of the... the game. Yeah, they moved the game. Uh, that's I didn't expect. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, so shows you what I know. Yeah, it happened. It just happened before, right before the pod. So. Um, News to me. Anyways, Buffalo still favored by eight over the Browns. Yeah. And you know what? The Bills have been going through it. Close, emotional lot. The Bills are covering. The Bills are winning by Bills by a zillion. Like I just I just think nah. I, I just think that the Bills are just that kind of team. Mm. They have to respond in some form to how they, they fumbled the bag against the Vikings and I see them coming out make with a statement win. Yeah, no. Uh Bills are gonna win, for sure. Neutral site game, so you take away the 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 minus three essentially. Basically, it would it would have been Buffalo minus eleven, and I tell you about my minus eleven trick. So I'm gonna say Browns cover late late touchdown. They'll probably be up. Uh, Bills will be up ten or so. Browns will probably score a field goal at the end of the game just to make it close. Oh, by the way, it would frustrate me so much because my. Whole sheet went to shit last week when yeah. that happened. But we'll move on. Eagles, Colts in Indianapolis. Philly favored by seven. This would have been a good old Frank Reich rematch against his old team game, but it's now Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday off of a win. Fucking shout out Jeff Saturday. I, 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 shout Jeff, out Jeff, Jeff Saturday, Saturday off no. of a win. That's um, crazy. The thing is with this is that, like, that's an emotional win, right? Like, I'm always big on, like, emotional wins and how mm. teams respond. Facts. A big emotional win playing up for their coach. Now they have to take on an 8-1 Eagles team coming off of their first loss to the Commanders. I don't know. This seems like a – this seems kind of like a trap spread, but I, I might – I think I, I think Philly's going to win in cover just because, like – Philly is going to win in cover. I, I think that the Colts are coming off of an emotional win and they're not going to be able to get back up to that emotional high – and the Eagles want to prove that that was that they didn't like the Commanders' loss is not what's gonna get, what's them or their identity. So I think Eagles winning cover. Yeah, I think what we were talking about earlier with Sirianni, uh, culture is huge, and that culture that they're creating over in Philly is like, yeah, we lost, but none of those guys are breaking. They didn't want the target on their back of seventeen and zero. They didn't want the target on their back of like being the best team in the league without a doubt. Because honestly, I don't think they are. I think that there are teams in this in, in the NFL that could give them a run for their money, especially in the playoffs, which we'll get to at a later time. With that being said, they're gonna fuck up the Colts. Like I could see, I could see like this being the game of the week where it's like not even close. Like at halftime, people are turning it off. Like it should be, even though they're on the road. It should be. It should be. They'll, they'll handle business. Seven is not enough, to be fair. And here's what probably. Could be game of the week, probably 
Probably could be. Probably could be. Game Probably could be. Jets Patriots in Foxborough for essentially for control of the division. Yeah, I mean, depending on what Miami decides to do, but Miami's in the bye because they've played ten games already. So right, it, so it really comes this. This is a huge, huge game. Depending on what, especially control the, for second place. Especially considering the Bills have to play at a neutral site against a Browns team that isn't terrible. Uh, uh, this is a huge game for playoff implications amongst two teams who you probably wouldn't have had in the conversation. I always thought the Jets were a sleeper team. I don't know if I'm on record saying that in the pod or just the people, but I thought the Jets were a sleeper team. Anyways, New England's minus three and a half in Foxborough, which really means, again, it's a pick em. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Jets already defeated the Patriots earlier this year. Am I tripping? Am I, I, think it, I think the Patriots I won. I think the Patriots won and beat the Jets. Anyways, I'm taking the Jets in this one to at least cover the spread. Yeah. I'm not sure who wins the game. Uh, I, I'm Biasly, I'd like to see the Jets win, but I think the Jets are going to at least cover. It's a strange, I mean, again, like home field advantage is three. Really is straight up. I think the Patriots won the earlier meeting. I'm going to look it up. I believe they won the earlier meeting. Uh, they had Zach Wilson throwing picks like he was uh, saying. That's right. Him. He was seeing ghosts seeing again. Seeing ghosts. So, so, again, I'm going to roll with the Jets to at least cover the spread. Winner or loser? God, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go out here. I'm going to say Patriots win by, like, six. I think I think they cover? Yeah, I think if there's one thing we know about Bill Belichick, he could be – a decent we could we don't even know if he's really the greatest coach of all time, right? But no matter what you think about Bill Belichick, he will make a young quarterback fucking see ghosts. Yeah. And Zach Wilson at Foxborough, it's the stakes are gonna be high, uh too high for him in particular. And I think this might be a game where we look back at the end of the season and the Jets look back at the end of the season and say, Wow, we let this one slip. Two two field goals, maybe a touchdown. So oh I got Patriots winning and, and and covering. Guest appearance from Giselle. Milf Hunter Zach Wilson goes off with a guest appearance from Giselle in the stands. You never know. I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> um Rams Saints in the Superdome. Yeah. This was a game a couple of years ago that was an amazing game to watch. And then obviously NFC championship. I still uh God. Haven't recovered. Nope, nope. Don't think tears, it's possible to recover. Tears swelling my eyes right now, man. I just, anyways, Saints minus three, which is just a strange spread, all things considered. But like, hey, I don't know what the quarterback situation is for the Rams. If Stafford's gonna be back, I mean, I don't even know what our quarterback situation is gonna be like. <laughs> but I don't know. It, this is a trap spread where it's like easily you'd have to think the Rams should win this game just because they have more talent than the Saints outright. But then it's New Orleans minus three because they're at home. I don't know. Like I, like I still feel like the Rams are the better team. It's more than a pick. It should be more than a pick. I'm considering like what home field advantage is worth. It's a strange spread, and it's one that I might go the other way on and take New Orleans just because I feel like it's a trap spread. Like it's too easy to pick the Rams, and they know something. Yeah. Uh, Saints are gonna win the football game because the Rams don't have an offense. They don't have any interest in winning football anymore. They don't have, like they have zero interest in winning football. Games. They, their offense is pathetic. Like oh, Cooper Cups are too now. Right. Then and that is their offense. So, the Saints are gonna win. I'm, I, what I'm debating is if they're gonna cover or not. I think they, or if they're gonna cover, if they're gonna, um, yeah, if they're gonna cover the three points. Cover spread. the three points, right? Um, I think they win. The Saints win by like a, yeah, a 
by a touchdown as well. I think I think late game Rams it's gonna be like three to three, three to six going into halftime and the Saints are gonna score a touchdown on the Rams and never gonna recover. So essentially no run game right now, no receivers, no quarterback, like Saints, it's a mess. Saints winning cover. Yeah. Saints winning cover. Then we got Lions, Giants, New York favored by th- this is this is a seven and two football team. Four and one at home. Taking on the three and six Lions, who are one and three on the road, <laughs> they are favored by three. Do you, do, do, they're, do, they're plus do, they're, their differential is only fourteen. Remember, th- th- I, but this is this is what I'm talking right. about when it comes to the Giants, where right. it's like they've looked really good, but at the, they've won all the close like all the close games. Here we here we go minus three. This is Vegas telling you that exactly what we were get what I was starting to get out of that point differential, which I've looked at for a while. This is Vegas telling you exactly what, if you don't like the Giants, what you want to hear. And if you're a Giants fan, what you don't want to hear, you're not that good. Or are you? If they go out and win a statement game here, minus three is such a strange, strange, strange spread. It's a trap spread. It's too easy. to the seven and two or the three and six team. One of the worst defenses in the league. So it's like, what, what are we... Like, what are we doing here? Like, why is the spread this close? I'll tell you why I think it's this close and what's wrong with... with Everything that we're looking at, the Lions do have the worst defense, probably in the league, and one of the worst in history, right? I think one of their their record against the spread, though, I'd be willing to look at. I bet you they're really good against the spread. But check it out, their offense is so fucking solid. Jared, Go- yo, shout out Jared Goff. This guy, your like, Jared Goff sympathizer. Ki- yeah, kick to the kick to the curb, man, like. Went to a Super Bowl. Thought he was, thought he, they, they act like he's a bum. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's a consistent starter. He had 5,000 passing yards one season. I saw, Or 4,500 passing Yeah, 4,500 passing yards one season. This guy's a dude. He's been balling all year. Every time I turn the Lions game on, they got, they're got they in the 30-plus point range. Like They have to have at least three or four games this season where they scored, scored over 30. I t- Lions win outright. I'm I'm, t- I'm taking the Lions. I'm, I'm taking the Lions in this one. I'm taking an upset win. Giants coming off the bye. Coming off a win as well. Giants come off the bye, right? I believe coming off. A no, win they into beat the they beat the the Bears last week. I don't know if that. No, was the right. Bears are the Lions. So the Lions the Lions come off that big win against the Bears, right? And the Giants coming off the bye. Oh, you're saying Giants? Yeah, off the Giants bye. off the bye. Trap game feel because I think they're going to a divisional game next week. Give me right. the Lions outright. Lions cover outright. With an outright win. Yeah. Next up, Panthers, Ravens, Baltimore minus thirteen. It's in Baltimore. You know, I don't like to take big thirteen point spreads because it hasn't really favored me at all this year. And I don't know how many favorites I've taken on this like whole sheet. I mean, it'd be interested to see. Yeah. But dude, how do you how do you pick the Panthers? I, I, I every got time to. I every time I pick the Panthers, I get this is another team. I get stiffed. Yeah. And this is literally what what I used to do with the Panthers is I would look up what the public's percentage of betting was on them before I made my pick. So, this is when Cam Newton was the quarterback. If the public was heavy on Cam Newton, say they had like 75% of the public's money was on Cam Newton, yeah. I'd go the other go way. The other way. And, if, and if everybody was betting against Cam Newton, they were at 35%, I'd bet with them. And I, and I might do the same thing at this point because I can't figure this damn organization out. 0-4 on the road, 3-7 and overall against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They may they very well may go and win this one outright, minus 13. Like, I, it wouldn't make any sense at all. There's really there's nothing to talk about here, but yet it just seems so strange. It, again, it. And I'll, I'm gonna. Tell what you could why. go wrong will go wrong. Murphy, good old Murphy's law. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you why the Panthers will cover but lose. So 
when there's a quarterback change in the NFL, uh, this is good, just more of a betting uh, uh, little trick here. When there's a quarterback change in the NFL, the team that is having a new quarterback play in the game typically does significantly better than you would expect. Baker Mayfield, I'm low. I believe he's a bust. Kind of think the guy sucks outright, to be fair. We, we, we can get into that at some point. But uh, the Ravens are going to look back at the film that he put out at the beginning of the year and say, this is what he's going to do to us. It's a different team, uh, a new coach, a new system. It's Baker's first time playing in it. He's going to go out there and put some points up, jobs on the line, uh, careers on the line, actually, let alone job. He'll go out there, put some points on the board. I see, like, a game where the Ravens just end up controlling the clock, win by, like, six, maybe seven. Uh, so Ravens win the game, Panthers cover the spread. The last time I took the Panthers against, like, a decent spread, it was the Bengals, and they, they get absolutely obliterated. So I'm going to stick with the AFC North obliterated. Now I'm taking the Ravens to cover. Gotcha. God, I don't know why. But I can't see myself picking the I, – I, I'd rather deal with the Panthers stiffing me when I pick against them than picking them and, like, you know what I'm saying? And they fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd rather be like, you know what? Good for you, Carolina. Like, damn, the Ravens stiffed me. But, hey, at least I didn't pick the Panthers again thinking, like, there's hope. If I pick the Panthers one more time, slap me. Here's the thing I'm going to do, and it's coming up in another pick. We're not going to skip over this one yet. Commanders, Texans. The Texans really don't feel like they're one and seven. They don't. They're playing. They, <laughs> and Dude. that's why it's only a three point spread here in Houston. Home field being worth three, so it's really six. They like Washington by a touchdown. Uh, oh, Commanders coming off a bit. I'm gonna take the Texans here to at least cover the spread. Right. That would be a close. The the Texans very well might even win outright at home because again Washington's coming off a big emotional win over an undefeated football team. On Monday night, a little bit of a shorter week. I like the Texans in this one. I don't know what you. I don't know if you like them too. All right, so my problem here, and this is actually probably the hardest pick of the week, in my opinion. So, dude, damn, bless, bless my bad fam. Um, fuck, that was the girliest shout news out, of my shout life. Tuck. Shout out Tuck. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, Koopy virus. Oh God. I. <laughs> My problem is Taylor Heineke is the epitome of the guy who will go out there and ball against guys he shouldn't and shit the bet against guys he should. So uh, he went out there last week and beat the fucking Eagles. Like This team should go and steamroll the Texans, right? But the reason they beat the Eagles is because Taylor Heineke got up for the Eagles. He woke up and said, I want to start something today. When Taylor Heineke is the starter and has expectations, not much comes from it. When Taylor Heineke wakes up and gets a text and says, hey, dude, you're starting today, he balls the fuck out. So I don't know who I want to take in this game, but Washington being 5-5 and and coming off a win against the Eagles, getting only three points against a 1-7 team, if the Texans went outright, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm going to take the Commanders to win and cover by like four like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough here's one where i need somebody to slap me because i'm gonna do this again it's raiders broncos we really we really just i just disappointing give me you know what i just i 
I, Russell Wilson sucks. Nathaniel Hackett sucks. sucks. The Broncos suck. Derek Carr And I don't like sucks. to use the term like that. Like Derek Carr is still an elite quarterback, in my opinion. But hey. Derek Carr is elite, but he sucks right he's, now. He's out of he just here. sucks Josh right Mc, now. Like, of all the coaches to stiff Derek Carr, I was not expecting to Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Um, Denver minus two and a half in Denver. Three and six, two and two at home. Zero oh and five on the road. Raiders, two and give me the Raiders. Just get, I, I, I can't. I'd rather root for the Raiders than I would root for the Broncos. Give me the Raiders. Um, I don't know why somebody needs to hit me with a hard object in the head. So if you had told me that, uh, uh, let's just say it's April first, and you told me the Raiders were two and seven, and the Broncos were three and six, I'd say it's a great April Fool's joke. Flip the numbers. Broncos six and three makes sense. Raiders seven and two makes sense. Nope. The Raiders are two and seven. The Raiders have the most talented talented offense from a uh, just player standpoint, probably in the league. And they're two and seven. And it's terrible to watch. They're zero and five away, and they're going away or they're away this weekend uh, in Denver. Zero and five in Mile High. Close. Uh, Broncos are going to probably win by a touchdown. They, they can't score a lot of points, neither can the Raiders, but 0-5 away. Uh, they're going to be playing in a stadium that's tough for offenses to, to work well in. Uh, mile high being, you know, tough to run in. Uh, Broncos win by, like, Four, five. But such, I mean, yeah, I, so they win, cover, cover the spread. I, 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 I just give me the Raiders at that point. God, that just sucks. Embarrassing. Vikings, Cowboys, Dallas, minus one and a half. It's not totally a primetime game, so Kirk Cousins can't be a complete liability. Vikings coming off a big emotional win. Cowboys coming off of a loss to the Packers? Did they lose to the Packers? They yes, lost, they lost to the, the Packers. They lost to the Packers, right? Yeah. It, was an ups, it was kind of an upset yeah, loss. Yeah, of the week type shit. Um, and minus one and a half. It's in Minneapolis. So let me get this. The Cowboys are favored. Right. In Minneapolis. Coming off of a loss. The Vikings are coming off of beating the Bills, who are one of the Super Bowl favorites for the year um, Shout out Dallas always. It's, always. A, it's such a trap spread. It's a trap. This spread. is such a trap spread. You gotta take. It's too easy to take Minnesota here. Like you gotta take that. You, you feel like you gotta take Dallas. I just don't know. I mean, I'm gonna take Dallas. It's a trap spread. I mean, like really, I just think it's a trap spread. I don't know how many favorites I've taken though, but it's such a close spread. Yeah, I'm gonna roll Dallas. I think it's a trap spread. Um, and just you know, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh. I respect that pick for sure. I, I'm just gonna go with the numbers. This isn't even a gut feeling. This isn't even Vikings four and zero at home, one and a half points. Dallas only Vikings win by a touchdown. Like it's what it should be, right? It's what it should I'm, be. I'm not tripping, right? Like they're, they're four and zero at home, but I did see something saying that the Vikings. I think their biggest margin win like this season is seven. Points. Yeah, it's close. It's, and another, it's another team with a close differential. Differential. So, I get it, but four and zero at home, they can run the football. The Cowboys' offense just looks kind of mute right now. Like if if you told me that the Cowboys were rolling in with OBJ this week, I I'd feel different. There's just no reason for them to be a one and a half point favorite, but they are. So that's why I'm going with it. Again, just fair. I don't know. Doesn't make it. It's a trap spread to me. Yep. So Bengals Steelers Cincinnati favored by four in Pittsburgh. Steelers coming off a win with Kenny Pickett. Uh, I don't know what the what did the did the Bengals have a game last week? Is this uh, where they is this where they absolutely 
destroyed the Panthers? Like, is this the one that I'm recalling correctly? No, I think that I think that they had their bye last week. Honestly, I'm gonna take a look at their schedule real quick. Yeah. But uh, like I said, minus four. No, it was it, it, was, it was the dismantling. So where's the their Panthers. bye week? Their bye week has I think it's already come and gone. Right? Yep. No. No. On its way. 11-20, 11-27, 12-4, 12-11. 12-24-1-2, is it in here? No, that's Christmas. So what about, you check the date of the Panthers game. Pretty, it might have been... No. Oh, they had the bye week last week. Okay, so they yeah, beat the Panthers so yeah, and then they had the bye week. Okay, yeah. we were kind of on the same thought process there. Right. So coming off the bye... So where did I, did I leave scores here? Here we go. I Coming off of the coming off a of bye week against a team who's coming off of win over the Saints in New Orleans... Bengals minus four. It's a strange spread. Strange spread. It's a strange. Only four, but it's in Pittsburgh, so really it's a touchdown. So it's a touchdown. Uh, I'm gonna roll off of a bye week against a team where I think that is more talented than have. His, I, I'm gonna roll with the Bengals. Bengals win by how much? Uh, I'd say the Bengals probably like, use cover the spread. I think they're gonna. I think they'll probably win by six at least. Steelers don't have T.J. Watt back yet, right? Mm. So. I'm going to roll with the Bengals just because... I mean, how many favorites did I take this week? This is going to be disgusting. I'm going to get destroyed because I've taken too many favorites. I'm going to stick with you on Bengals winning. I think Steelers cover. Uh, they played for week one of the season, and and Steelers won outright. That was with... Uh, That's with Joe Burrow getting destroyed. Who was their quarterback during that time? Oh, uh, Mitchell. Oh, Mitch. Mitchell, yeah. the truth, Bisky. Yeah, I think... Uh, I guess I'm betting on on uh, little hand man over here because I don't think they're gonna. Pl- it's gonna get cold. I don't. It, Forty for, for, no forty six. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with my uh, Bengals win by by one. Bengals walk off field goal. Walk off field goal. Yeah. All right. Next we get the Sunday night game: Chiefs Chargers. Chargers coming off a tough L to San Francisco. The Chiefs have been running the table. Well, Patrick Mahomes has been running the table because the Chiefs, is, they, they just, no run game. Like, it's just it's strictly been Mahomes. Um, Pacheco's playing play Pacheco, well. he's been all right. He's been all right. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, poor shout out. people. <laughs> shout out my, shout out my con. Uh, Kansas City, minus five. It's in California. So it's in, it's at SoFi. Did I say San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I gotta say LA. LA. Uh, it's at SoFi. Uh, so it really would be minus eight without the home field. Right. Oh, dude. Uh, the Chiefs. So essentially, it's going to be in the Chiefs stadium. There will probably be more Chiefs fans at the stadium. Yeah, pretty much. Chiefs. How it goes. Uh, that's. Uh, I'm gonna roll with the Chargers here to cover the spread at the least. But like, uh, you but should be right. You like the, this is this is this is where I'm gonna get stiffed. Like again. Just, yeah. But I like to take the points in primetime games as well. Keenan Allen doesn't want to play football anymore. Bosa is is tripping. Uh, Herbert doesn't know if he wants to to ball out or or have the worst year of his career. But he looked at least a little better. I don't. This is. I got Chiefs set by seven. I'm a real Chargers division game. I think it's going to be a statement game for the Chiefs, actually. I, I think, know, gonna, I think they, they I, might win by 14. I don't know if they can continue to throw the ball like they are and have success with it. But then again, I mean, I, the Chargers aren't going to be the team. Daisy Jackson looks like he's not even the same player he was. So which I don't, doesn't surprise I, anybody. I don't know. I don't know. It's, just, it's the Bill Belichick effect. Yeah. Uh, Monday Night Football, final pick on the card. 
Niners, Cardinals, San Fran minus eight in Mexico City. Ooh. Shout out, Manuel. Shout out, shout out, Mexico, man. So 49ers are five and four, but I think they might be the best five and four team ever. It just doesn't feel like they are. And right. again, they just sneakily so good. So good. Cardinals They could win the Super Bowl this year. Cardinals sure. sneakily four and six. I don't know how. Like just because they're fucking terrible. I they 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 might be the worst four and six. They'll cover the spread. Uh I'll just say it right now. Neutral 49- site game, they'll cover the spread. Yeah, forty neutral site, 49ers win, Cardinals cover the spread. Kyler Murray's gonna play decent, throw a couple picks. If he even plays, it might be Cole McCoy. I've thought about that. What's Kyle's injury? Uh, I don't even know what it was. I stopped paying attention to him. Dude stiffed my fantasy team speed on believe. Okay, this year, if so Kyler if Kyler plays out they covered the spread. If Kyler doesn't play 49ers by a million. Like, yeah, I'll say I'll I'll take I'm I'm they'll cover the spread either way. I'm gonna take them at plus eight, but 49ers will win. And that's pretty much it. So hopefully hopefully I come out on a decent Decent side in terms of the picks. I said I'll have to log these and figure out who I took, and then it'll have to I'll have to reference my other sheet too. I'll mm. just take whatever I took in the sheet, pretty much. Uh, but Rocco, thank you for joining. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got an hour and a half. That's good numbers. So everybody, be sure to tune in and call or text in what you guys thought. I'll uh, have more questions and whatnot throughout the week. You can call or text in too and answer. Uh, we'll even try maybe a live there's a way that I can do it, so you might have to try that too. Won't be the last time that I'm over here. Uh, for sure not. We'll go over the results of this next week. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We're Rufus Morocco.